translation, this process is the supreme intelligence of the intelligent and the cleverness of the most clever. For by following it, one can in this very life make use of the temporary and unreal to achieve me the eternal reality. The purport is described in this chapter, one who desires personal prestige in the Lord's service cannot be considered intelligent and clever. Similarly, one who is anxious to become a sophisticated transcendental philosopher is not the most intelligent, nor is one who is expert in accumulating money. The Lord here states that the most intelligent and clever person is, now it's good to listen, this is a very, it's only <laughs> six more lines, and this is the essence here. The Lord here states that the most intelligent and clever person is the devotee who offers his temporary, illusory, material body and possessions to him with love and without personal motivation. The devotee thus obtains the eternal, absolute truth. In other words, real intelligence is to actually surrender to Lord Krishna without personal desire or duplicity. That is the Lord's opinion. Let me just paraphrase a purport which Srila Vishwanath Chakrabarti Thakur has given to this uh, amazing verse which praises bhakti uh, or the process of devotional service as the supreme intelligence and the supreme cleverness. Uh, he says, human beings in Bharatvasha, this plane, huh, can make use of their temporary bodies which are hardly uh, worth anything. Hmm. I've once heard the chemicals uh, which constitute the body is like, like 4 euros 20. <laughs> not, not so much. If you, if you count that the water is for free, of course. <laughs> So, yes, so uh, they can make use of the temporary body which is hardly worth anything and obtain me, Krishna, with my priceless crown and all my jeweled uh, ornaments. And Srila uh, Vishwanath Chakravati Thakur says, isn't that a good proposal? You, you invest a, a small amount and you get something which is incalculable valuable. So both Krishna Chaita Maharaj and myself tried to share a little something of the process of bhakti with you during the Eastern retreat and both of us are in one mind you are really a wonderful and enlivened um, community or yes we can call it a community and uh, uh, we would now like to uh, see if there are any uh, remaining questions uh, which can give us further opportunity to help you maybe see and overcome 
um, obstacles or see and utilize the wonderful tools that our wonderful tradition offers to us. So, um, we will share the questions. One will take one, another the other, or we might also add to what one of us has said if we feel there is a, another very additional point which is very helpful. So, let someone, us see. Someone might have a question specifically for one. Or the oh yeah, that is also nice. You might have, uh, some of you might have specifically a question which they would like uh, specifically one of us to answer. And if that is so, please uh, uh, say so. You can say this is a question for Krishna Chaita Maharaj or you know like this and then he will answer. <laughs> uh, and, and vice versa. Good. So let us start. Uh, Hare Krishna. I have uh, identified one. Uh, this devotee, your good name again? Akshay. Akshay. And I've seen Vrindavan Chandra. And I believe Vishwadev. Have we seen Vishwadev? Let us see. There's Anadiradha. And Suravikun. Okay, this is already five questions to start with. And Param, Param Purusha, the father of Bhakti Prasad, is also a question. This Prasad, small, salu-like person. So, okay, maybe we should give. Uh, uh, so, uh, because Vishwadev is our. Temple President, I would like him to ask this question first. Mm. I have a question to both of you, it's okay? Yes. Because you mentioned the last days that uh, we have to go the long way back to Krishna, that's the long way we went away. So it's a long way back. So is there a secret shortcut? Or how you say <laughs> you Shortcuts. It's interesting, this uh, question was asked to Srila Prabhupada when he came in, I hope I really get it right, Six, it must have been 69, this is etched in my memory, uh, I was not yet in, in the temple, he came in 69 to the Hamburg temple and after giving a, uh, uh, a lecture, one the, the devotee, he was quite young, asked Srila Prabhupada this question, how long does it take to, to become fully Krishna conscious? It's a little bit like Vishwadeva's question. Is it a long way? Is there a shortcut? Maybe. <laughs> so how long does it take to become Krishna conscious? And Prabhupada said, it can happen in one second, or it may not happen, happen after millions of years. Oops. <laughs> and then he clarified it. It all depends on how serious you take the process of Krishna consciousness. No, he, he said, how, yes, how serious. Yes, it all depends on how serious you take the process. <laughs> So that, that was Prabhupada's answer to this to this question. 
a personal reflection on this. Yesterday, someone, a very nice young Martiji, came to me and said, I want to get up, but I just seem to not be able to do it. I want to chant my rounds sincerely and serious, but every morning there's something which pulls me away. Why is it that Maya is so strong? Do we, can you sympathize with this question? We want to do, yes, you all are, are gloriously devotees, you have good, good desires, but it seems to sometimes we are fighting against unconquerable <coughs> obstacles. So Prabhupada was also once posed this question. I'm happy today I know two Prabhupada answers. Um, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, and uh, he said, Maya is so strong because your purpose is not strong. <laughs> and, and when I talked to this devotee and gave this, this very brief answer, Maya is so strong because your purpose, your, your desire is not strong enough. The devotee went, it was, you know, one of the, yeah, it was really a moment of insight for the devotee, and the devotee said, yes, yes, it is true, because I have seen, if I really want something, I somehow make time to get it. So, so then, then the devotee said, Maharaj, bless me that my purpose becomes stronger. It's not, <laughs> not so easy. This is the one thing you have to, to bring to the table, so to say. Uh, can we rephrase your question and ask, how, is there any tip how, how my will uh, can become more stronger? And I said, the only thing which I've heard and which I know is true is, you need to listen a lot about Krishna consciousness and from the books. And you need to, as Maharaj yesterday encouraged us, you need to, to understand what you are listening. You need to see what is the context and, and what are maybe further informations that resonate with this. And you need to look for role models, those who have done it and try to ask them and follow their footsteps and then and yes then your purpose becomes strong and you think oh I only want Krishna consciousness I don't want anything good thank you Hare Krishna I think the question was for both yes now you, now you. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good question <coughs> I think it's a question we all have, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Get me on the fast train back to Godhead. <laughs> uh, well, mm, what if we look at Lord Chaitanya's prayer? Nadanam najanam na sundarim kavitam va jagadisha kamahye. Mama Janmani, Manma Janmani, Janmani Shvare, Bhavata Bhaktir Hai Tukitvai, 
Now, when we hear the second half of this verse, we may feel, oh, um, does it have to be, <laughs> does it have to be birth after birth? Uh, I want to end this birth business once and for all. And here Lord Chaitanya is saying birth after birth. Uh, I simply want to be your devotee. So, I think one issue is <coughs> that sort of built into this question is the idea that uh, spiritual life is something uh, linear and we are we're we're on a path and we come to a particular goal and when we get to the goal we're finished it's done we got there Haribo, I'm there and we think of this goal uh, to a large extent in terms of indeed stopping birth and death and that's understandable but Let's see uh, if we can think about, reflect on what it might be after we attain that. And we might want to appreciate that that's when life really begins. But also that's when uh, Krishna is going to no doubt give us new challenges. He's going to say, okay, now you're here. Now you're in Golokadam. <laughs> Congratulations. Now we have some service for you. Uh, and, uh, and he might give a service where you go, uh, wait a minute, I don't know if I can do that. Um, you, should, you know, and then, oh, do you, do you want to go back to material world. No, 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 no. <laughs> and so there will be challenges. And this, the point is that the surrender process, process is an ongoing process. And in, in an important sense, we're already there. We've already made it. We may not feel like we've made it because we got up late this morning, or whatever it is. <laughs> we had trouble chanting our rounds, or whatever it is. Um, but we're already there, in that sense that we are indeed uh, in the process, and we can we can be uh, happy about that. Now, another point comes to my mind. Uh, a nice point that was uh, I heard from Amarendra Prabhu. Uh, He's in America. Uh, he, he said, mm, the avatars of Krishna are very wonderful because by their coming here, they free us from birth and death. And that's very wonderful. But even more significant, uh, the devotees, they not only free us from birth and death, they free us from fear, fear of forgetfulness of Krishna. And so by remembering the devotees, 
we're on the fast track. Uh, because remembering the devotees who are remembering Krishna, <laughs> uh, we, are, we are already there. We're already where we need to be. So I would say the fast track is, uh, let's remember the devotees, to put it briefly. And because they are so merciful and they will keep us from the fear, uh, from the forgetfulness uh, of Krishna, then all will be well. And uh, as we are already in the process, we can be confident that we will continue in the process. Is that okay? Thank you very much. Uh, we, uh, Akash? Yes? Akshay. Akshay, sorry. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Maharaj. Uh, my question is for anyone or both of you could answer it. Yeah. So, I, I was having this question from what Satinandan Maharaj was mentioning yesterday on how uh, the low, even if we're in the lowest position, whatever position we're in, uh, we can offer some service to Krishna and make advancement. Like a drunkard can think of, say, the wine which he's drinking and understand that the taste comes from Krishna, so he makes advancement. So I was also wondering if uh, the activity is dependent upon who gives the instruction. Like, uh, because I've heard Prabhupada say that uh, if a disciple is not able to follow some standard, but if the spiritual master and the disciple have kind of an agreement that that is what is best for him, then Krishna accepts it, he says. So what practice we're doing, whatever service we're doing, is it dependent on uh, if it is agreeable to the via media, the spiritual master who accepts it? And is it uh, dependent on his approval for advancement or is it that uh, only our intention counts? I ask this because sometimes we can get contradictory in you know. Different uh, spiritual masters have their own way of looking at things, and you know they might. It might appear very uh, different. So, is it our intention which counts, or is it uh, the spiritual master who is dear to Krishna, his uh, approval? Is it that counts? It's it's important. In general, the spiritual master is, uh, you can say, an office. Uh, he is talking what the Shastras say, what is, in other words, permitted by, by Krishna in the, or ordered by Krishna in the Shastras. And he will also, in his specific interpretation or, or application of the Shastras, follow previous sadhus and acharyas or present sadhus. He, he is, in other words, not an independent entity, um, but he is, yeah, I like to see it like an office where, where any person who holds the office uh, just is obliged to keep uh, the standards of of the government, if it's in government or office or, or the firm. So uh, the general principle in the Shastra, which uh, is directly referring to the situation, your question is, uh, 
that everyone can practice bhakti according to his adhikara. Adhikara, the way we translate it, is uh, the qualification or, or the level one. Uh, the qualification in the sense of the level one is on. So therefore there are different rules, for instance, for for different uh, placed living entities uh, and they can all have to all connect with that level where they are. Krishna talks about this in the 12th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. He says there are various ways in which one can approach him and, and so on. So, uh, yes, the spiritual master will help you, however, to, to find out uh, what the scriptures are saying. He will place you directly when you have a question. Uh, he will say, this is, uh, uh, is the set of rules that is appropriate for you at this time. In, in case there is a question. So therefore he is also important. Uh, he is very important. Uh, in, in understanding scriptures, um, there is one principle, samanya it's called. It means the scriptures can be very complex, multi-layered. And in order to know which of the layers is now appropriate for you, we go to a spiritual teacher who has learned the scriptures and uh, how to advise uh, uh, differently situated uh, living entities and disciples. Uh, yes, um, I, I had something else in mind, but due to sleep deprivation, I have <laughs> forgotten it. So, uh, I hope this is okay. <laughs> is it, uh, it, does it answer your question? Yes, Maharaj. Yes, Maharaj, thank you. Uh, like, because I understand what you said, like, the spiritual master does from the Shastras. He doesn't come yeah. from, like, all my meditation. I see. Yeah, yeah. So he does from the Shastras and explains it. Uh, like, even the 16 rounds which we chant was... Prabhupada said that because, like, you know, it is practical for this age. Yeah. Uh, so we have this different. Yes, well, I did answer that. I meditate upon more of what you said. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It was It's all right. Huh? Good. Then we go. Then we go to Vrindavan Chandra. I think you were the. You are. Freund and devotee from the spiritual master, is all that has taught and is all that has taught Maybe. Yeah, he's from time to time disciple dreams of his spiritual master. How does he, uh, how is he to, um, what does he have to make out of, what, how, how, what, what does he make out of these dreams? How important they are, how real they are, all this. Ah. <laughs> we always like to speculate about dreams, isn't it? 
um, dreams of the spiritual master uh, are certainly special, and we should cherish them. I would say that is the essential thing. Um, we should, you know the word cherish? Cherish is um, to value highly, uh, to, to feel a special, to feel you are especially blessed, I would say like that. And of course you may say, well, uh, yes, that in any case, but uh, how, do I, how do I relate to what in particular I remember happening in the dream? Uh, for that, you might want to go to some follower of Sigmund Freud. No. Uh, <laughs> he wrote a book called Interpretation of Dreams, but of course his interpretations uh, had a certain direction, which actually Prabhupada said was right. <laughs> Prabhupada agreed. He agreed with, I'm a little off the subject here, uh, he agreed with with uh, Sigmund Freud, that everything in this world is motivated by sex desire. Uh, <laughs> he said like that. Uh, that's not all that Freud said. But uh, the, the spiritual master coming to us uh, in a dream, we can take that in, as having a, a, a special value for us, and we, we can cherish it and uh, take it as a special blessing upon us. Uh, as, and, of course, we want to see how, how he is blessing us. Well, in general, he's blessing us by encouraging, uh, by saying, yes, you're, you, are val <laughs> you are valuable, you are important uh, to me, uh, therefore I come to you in, in my dream like that. That's what comes to my mind. Something more. Um, it's very interesting that you asked this question because I have really thought about this very uh, deeply. Mm -hmm. I think to answer this, we cannot avoid to uh, ask the question, what are dreams and how do they come about? Dreams are usually fed uh, by material that is uh, in our subconscious mind. You know, we experience so much during the day, we see so much things, and a lot goes into uh, this big tank, uh, uh, invisible tank, the, the subconscious mind. And uh, during the night, we process, we verarbeiten the many uh, things. So, so some of the dreams which we have might not be revelations. They might not be instructions from a higher source, but they are uh, at least colored by our own psychology and so on. Yet there are other dreams which are clearly... Uh, uh, revelatory, which are where, where on another plane uh, than our own subconscious mind, uh, 
um, uh, an instruction came. Yeah, our scripture speaks of spurtis. They happen often in the night time and it's often said as if a dream. It is as if a dream. When Lord Nityananda, for instance, appeared in the night uh, to uh, Krishna Das Kaviraj, Goswami told him, uh, go to Brindavan. This was clearly not the, his subconscious mind. It was uh, the Lord who had come in a spooky uh, situation as, as, as if a dream. It looks very similar to the dream. So uh, let us all now bring this type of information uh, uh, to something practical. Up till now we have heard that uh, dreams are often fed by the subconscious mind. In dreams we process what we could maybe not process during the a day, but then there are spookies or just revelations. They are very similar to a dream, yet they have an entirely different quality. So when the spiritual master comes to you and he says something, which is, uh, you know, with Darwin, Vichanda, you need to look more TV. Uh, you could <laughs> assume that in your that you had a discussion with maybe a devotee who said, oh, "Do you need we need to be informed?" You know, and you put this, and the best way is to look TV. And so you put that in the conscious in the subconsciousness, and maybe you like to look at the TV, and you were forbidding yourself to look at TV. So now in the night. This is coming up, and you you see, okay, your spiritual master. <laughs> this is not a spooky. <laughs> this is not a revelation. <laughs> this is a, a processing of, of, of things. But there may be a, a situation where the spiritual master talks to you and encourages you uh, on your next step in Krishna consciousness, and you, when you wake up, you feel, wow, this is genius, this is really uh, the next step for me to take um, on. Uh, and uh, then you, and then if it sounds a little bit, you know, the, the spiritual master speaks the same language as the sadhu and the Lord. Uh, you know, language in the sense his content is is uh, similar. Uh, so then you should go ahead of this. Prabhupada speaks of uh, his spiritual master coming to him in a dream and asking him to give up householder life and uh, come and, and mendicant, and he did it. He, he, he didn't, this was not from the subconscious mind, but he followed that. It was a major decision to give up family life and become a renounced sadhu in Vrindavan. But first he said he was horrified. Yeah, yeah. First he said he was horrified. <laughs> and this is an indication. It didn't come. You're usually not home. <clears throat> I mean, yes, we are a little horrified about some things which come from our mind. But uh, <laughs> no, this was something unexpected. You know, it came really not from himself. It came out of another dimension. 
Or for instance, even we may have a dream where we hate our spiritual master. What this could be is that uh, all of a sudden uh, that side in us, that rebellious side, um, uh, revolves against the concept of authority, you know. And so you have to you have to study the movements of the mind like uh, Dave says, like a hunter who has just now captured a wild anim animal and he has to see uh, that the animal doesn't run away and is wild and harmful again. <laughs> so, so therefore, a little critical observation of the movements of the mind is good, but uh, let us not be too critical so that spiritual revelation is, is uh, we think it's impossible. It is possible for all of us that our spiritual master comes to us and instructs us in a dream. Mm. I hope that I'm... Verstehst du mein Englisch? Ja, so. What's... No, I, I just answered the, the, the English. Ich, ich verstehe. Ja. Ja. <laughs> ja, bitte, bitte. Um, uh, I don't know, this just comes to my mind. Uh, what's interesting is then when, this, when the disciple comes to the guru and says, Guru Maharaj, I had this dream about you. Beautiful. Yeah. And, 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 and you said this and this and this. And the guru says, Really? Yeah. Good to ask. You know? <laughs> when, it is, when it is not clear. You know, right? yeah. <laughs> Maybe one of the ladies. Yes. There were two ladies. I, I might have, I remember Anadi Rada was one. And Surabi, uh, well, let's go by seniority, Surabi. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, yes, okay. No, we are Thank you. I would like to answer this question. Yesterday we heard about fake it until we make it. <laughs> <laughs> Very often, speakers also confirm this saying with Prabhupada's instruction, which he gave to his disciple, who didn't feel, didn't feel to pay obeisances, and Prabhupada said, do it anyway, or, even though he didn't use the word fake it. So, and my question is, by practicing things, we are becoming experts. And by practicing faking, practically you become expert to fake the things. <laughs> <laughs> and I noticed that um, often devotees give up on practices after many decades by telling, oh, this process doesn't work. And I understand that they didn't move from faking or from external practice to experiencing the Krishna consciousness. And my question is, the transition from external to internal, or from fake to genuine, should be done with some conscious 
change or because it doesn't happen since doesn't happen to uh, automatically in everyone's life. Just you fake, 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 and then one day you are practicing it fully internally. So is there something we have to do, like consciously to change that or to uh, push that transition to happen? Very nice question, and really I can see you are studying uh, with Govardhan Gopal. You are able to think very clearly and, and bring your concepts very clearly. The study does you very well. I'm surprised that you have improved very much in your uh, thinking. Good. So, uh, would you like to first answer or book a show? Please. Yeah. Mm. You know, there is a problem with these, uh, when we translate deep devotional concepts into contemporary <laughs> language. Uh, uh, let us first now understand what is, the, uh, what is behind this, that, that do it anyway, uh, do it just even if you are not yet there, uh, and so on. You know, Rupa Goswami has written his work, Bhaktira Samrita Sindhu, as a guideline to devotees. Uh, and he uh, talks about, I believe, 64 practices in, um, in uh, which a devotee can do to start the process. For instance, when a devotee will... Uh, to do things like paying obeisances yeah. or going to holy places or, or let us say worship Krishna by doing an arati. He does it externally. He's told with the movements. You may know the arati. You have to count for circles to the feet, to, to the belly, three to the head, and then seven all around, that's what I learned, and uh, and you somehow do the maths, <laughs> you know, you, you, you apply this. This is an external practice of devotional service. Uh, it is Vaidhi Sadhana Bhakti. So as you do this, you are expected to come to a more uh, internalized form of bhakti, because bhakti is two things. It's an effort, but it is also a bhava, uh, a mood. And uh, you need to come to the bhakti bhava, you know, or what Prabhupada calls Krishna bhava namrita, the nectar of, the, the, of Krishna consciousness, being aware of Krishna. Uh, and the way you do this is by implanting Krishna in it. So if I'm standing on the altar, I don't just go four, two, three, seven, okay, next item, four, two, three, seven, <laughs> and so on. But I'm going like, oh, Krishna, please accept this offering. You are there with Radharani uh, on the altar, and I'm worshipping you uh, now. So, so the Krishna element, Krishna, 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 
that is uh, uh, meditation, or let us say, awareness of Krishna as the receiver of your service will uh, transform an external practice into an internal practice. Now, in the American slang, uh, fake it till you make it, or is it not slang, it's a proverb, the, the word fake means pretense. If you remain a pretender, that's bad. That's not good. So therefore, this this slogan of how do we call this? Is it proverb or what is this? Slogan, maybe. Slogan. The slogan doesn't capture the the. It captures only one little part of 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 bhakti. And if you stay on this faking, you, it's called kapata. You are a cheater. <laughs> and that is not a cause. <laughs> so I think when we do, you have asked a specific question about your observation of all the devotees who never made it because maybe they always faked it. <laughs> you know? So what devotees need to learn is to, to become mindful of Krishna, to be to try to work on their motivations, not to, to do these things in a selfish way for for name, fame, and glory, or, or other things, profit, maybe adoration, distinction. There are a few things which are, that we have to learn. As it's for you, Krishna. It's not about me. It's it's about you, Hare Krishna. Should I still say that? Yes. I mean, this was complete in itself. No, you are. <laughs> you are. Um, okay, a couple of thoughts. In in Brindavan, uh, you can uh, see a, a, a certain style of uh, Ras Lila performance, which is done by uh, children. Uh, they it's called Ras Lila. Uh, it it can be all sorts of Leelas of Krishna that are performed. Uh, but they're performed by children. In fact, they're all performed by small boys who um, may be dressed as boy or dressed as girl, but they're all boys. Uh, and a substantial component of these performances is dance, and these boys are um, varying ages. Um, the oldest are perhaps 16 years old. And the youngest may be five or six years old. And the five and the six-year-old boys are also on the stage and they're also dancing, but they're learning. And so they're kind of stumbling around. The, the older boys are dancing nicely, and the younger boys, and the, the very small boys, you see them, they're just kind of, they, they're kind of don't even know really what's going on. But nobody minds. It, and, it, and they're learning. They're there, you know, they're, they're put right on stage. It's performance, but it's also practice. <laughs> And Srila Prabhupada often said, uh, he referred to devotional service as performance. Uh, we are performing devotional service. So you perform 
playing violin and so on. And that, I'm thinking of the faking. It's not faking in that case, it's imitating. Gradually that becomes something else. It becomes, um, it becomes skill. And uh, after it becomes skill, it becomes art. And Krishna speaks about this in the Gita. He says, Buddhi yukto jahati ha ube sukrita duskrite tasma yogaya yujasva yoga karmasu koshalam. And Prabhupada translates this yoga karmasu koshalam. Therefore, tasma, therefore, perform yoga, which is the art of work, or the art, yeah, the art of work. Um, and so I think this is true for any art. And if we understand, going back to Srila Rupa Goswami, uh, teaching, he's teaching the art of, of bhakti yoga. Krishna speaking about yoga in general, uh, Srila Rupa Goswami is speaking about the art of bhakti yoga, and he's giving all these details uh, as skills to be learned, <laughs> four circles, two circles, three circles, seven circles, <laughs> yes, uh, and then we want to get to the point where it's art. Uh, and and that is done. The hint is also in the same verse, buddhi yukta, that we engage our buddhi uh, intelligence, which can also be translated as reasoning. Our reasoning capacity can come uh, to come to bear on our practice, and that way we can make sure we're not just faking it. Yeah, faking and. Faking suggests deception. We want to, you know, look the part so that we'll be maybe accepted in the society of devotees. Uh, but after some time, that wears, that veneer wears down. And then indeed someone may, unless we uh, replace it with the substance, uh, there will be nothing Nothing there will be exposed. Yeah. Do, do you know the number of this, this amazing verse from the Gita, which you are not by heart? Uh, well, it's chapter 2, it's around verse 50, around verse 50, I think. Yeah. Uh, there was a uh, Surabi. Yes. Um, I, I had a question about uh, association. Um, Swami Sangha. I um, was wondering because Maharaj, you spoke about uh, Srila Prabhupada mentioning if you want to become a drunkard, then you have to associate with drunkards. And. Um, <laughs> As uh, I, I, I was wondering, sometimes we do not have access to the type of association that we would, uh, who, uh, who we would like to be as or grow into, 
And uh, I was wondering, in that in that case, um, do you remove yourself from that situation and try to find uh, association elsewhere, or do you try to um, kind of uplift the association that you're with in in order to be able to? Or you know, inspire others to also study. For example, if you would like to study um, Shrimad Bhagavatam, and you want others to also, if you want to associate with those who study as well, do you also inspire them to uh, to study, or do you already go to to those who are already studying mm-hmm. uh, like that? Yes. That's for me. Fight or flight? (laughs) Or a combination of both, fight and flight. Uh, A lot of such uh, issues are, in a sense, difficult to answer in a general way because they involve specifics. We We have... We find ourselves in a specific situation, and um, and this is the case for all of us, really, all the time. And I believe uh, the ancient Greek philosopher Aristotle made this point also, that ethics, which is asking the question, what should I do, um, are always ultimately boiling down to uh, recognition that each of us are in uh, unique situations <laughs> in which we we have to make decisions. Uh, we can make use of the guides, guidelines, the directions, uh, the yeah, the the, the shastra, etc. Um, and then we have to finally make a decision ourselves what to do. And what I often suggest uh, is see if it's possible to do some experimenting. Uh, in this case, the experiment might be, well, let's see if we can uh, bring my immediate circle to do some more study as I would like. Let's see if that works. Um, so I'll make an experiment, and after some time, I'll give myself a certain amount of time, maybe, to see if this works. And if after that time I see it's not working, Hare Krishna, then maybe I do some shifting of my uh, orientation of, of devotion not reducing my respect, if we're talking about different groups of devotees, not reducing my respect for the devotees who are not so inclined for study. Uh, This we have to be careful of, uh, because that can then damage our own bhakti lata. Uh, But understanding, okay, they're, they're on a different trajectory. You know this word, trajectory? Uh, they're on a on a somewhat different trajectory at present. Maybe at another time, uh, they will uh, be uh, more inclined as I am. So I'm on a different trajectory. Tra- I can't even say it myself. Trajectory. Trajectory. Yes. Umlaufbahn. 
Umlaufbahn. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I think you see that point. And um, I'm, I'm trying since recently, this is now my own personal effort because I feel I'm way behind in this, but I've come to appreciate a little bit uh, how some devotees who are very learned in Shastra, when a question comes up, boom, they go immediately to Shastra with some reference for it. Um, so now I just lost my train of thought thinking about that, but uh, I, I wanted to um, bring this to some uh, relevant Shastric, Shastric point. Uh, yes, Ishvare tat adineshu balisheshu dvishatsucha prema maitri kripa peksha Yakarotisa Madhyama. It's this this, uh, this definition of the Madhyama. Adhikari, uh, how he or she relates to four different categories. I'm sure you're familiar with this. Uh, relating with the Lord, uh, relating with devotees, relating with the innocent, and relating with dvisha, with those who are um, not uh, favorable. And this last category, not favorable, uh, the way to relate is upeksha. And upeksha can mean neglect or avoiding. Um, or it can mean something like indifference, uh, just, just being neutral. But whenever we have categories, we have to question, are, there, are these absolute categories? And so we find amongst devotees, we find amongst uh, uh, Balishu, amongst those who are innocent, we'll find uh, so many grades of, uh, of difference, of shades of gray. And so even within any one of these categories, except for the first one, Ishvara, uh, we may uh, want to see also some sub... So maybe there are some that we don't make a big effort to spend time with some devotees for whatever reason, again, because they're on a different trajectory. Um, and that's okay. We can't be intimate friends with everyone. Uh, we have our uh, closer friends and we have those that we appreciate and we are happy in their association uh, but it's kind of different from those we're really close to. That is natural. In any case, I would say do some experimenting. And, uh, and if you see that it's really not working, then it could be that flight is the solution. <laughs> you reorient yourself. <coughs> Yes, I, uh, it's uh, really your, your um, Hare Krishna. Where? Uh, here, this one. Yes, Krishna, Krishna. Yes. Um, all your questions are really very helpful and helpful for several. I would like to just add here something a little bit personal. You know, we as Prabhupada disciples are often the older devotees in the temple, and there are 
usually only younger devotees there. And uh, sometimes we are in, in need, or uh, we also are in need of inspiration, at least I can say for myself. And what I find out as very helpful is um, I go to these courses, or let us say, series uh, on, on something like uh, uh, the Bhagavatam and the Vasam. I wanted to study the Bhagavatam and I knew there are devotees who have really studied since a few years and and, bef and, and they so I went and took part in a course from Sutapa Prabhu which really gave me a, a very good overview of, of the Bhagavatam something I think I would have worked for years to get something even close to what he, he did. So uh, sometimes when you want to study, it's good to go to these, not just one lecture, but a few lectures who are together like a course seminar. And there are very good seminars available, uh, just as a, as a side point. So who else is there with a question? Gorahari we saw. Your good name? Vishwa. Vishwa. Like the universe. Yes, we have one Vishwa name. Vishwa. Uh, who else? Uh, your good name? Tirak. Yes. Chirak. Chirak. And Prasida uh, Nitai is there. Is this a child in the back? Or who is it? Who? Kartik. 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 Yes. I, I, I want to see some Madhati. Your good name? Kanchani. Kanchani, and there is, I can't recognize you, please say your name. Chitamalini. Right, so let us try. We will, we will go back and forth to the ladies. Have I seen all the ladies or have I? Jen, Jenny is there as well, so we have three ladies. And, uh, oh, you are a little Arampurusha. Wait, because we, let us first deal with them. So, so, who was first? You have to help me. Maybe Gorahari, yes. Thank you. During the, the festival, I got a little bit to think on this point of application. We hear so much, we have heard so much, but how much, we are, how much did we realize in the, in the Srimad Bhagavatam, Bhagavatam, the thought was okay, I should really try after each lecture to extract uh, uh, something to work on. And I said, wow, that's, that's something I should work on, I should do. And then I come out of the lecture, I know, okay, that's for today, my homework. But I, and then the whole day passed and everything is just forgotten. And I don't know if you have any tips how to be more uh, efficiently working on the application of what we hear. Any tips for applying what we hear in a in, uh, in a substantial way. Uh, yeah. Um, Krishna, 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 Krishna. One moment, please. Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. This is now on red. Maybe it means a Goloka Dam battery. That means... Uh, <laughs> 
Hare Krishna. Yes, uh, this is, um, I see the person who asked the question has to be there. Uh, please sit down. <laughs> uh, so, so, this is a question on application or, um, you know, in, in, uh, in the Upanishads, it's in the Brihad Aranyaka Upanishad, there are the three learning steps. That's how you learn anything. Shravanam, you hear. Manana, you reflect. And Nididyasan, which means either deep meditation. Nididyasan. It means either deep meditation or it is said it means also application. This is how you learn anything. If you just hear something but you don't reflect on it and you don't eventually apply something, it will be this in, in, in one ear out another. Good. Now, oh, we get so much information. Can we, uh, the, we hear uh, every day a class, and there are sometimes six application points in one class. How can we do this? Here, I will, I'm only able to give a personal uh, realization on this. See, I have been every year not during the lockdown period, unfortunately, but since I'm 28 or 30, I like to take every year 10 days for a Panchakarma uh, Ayurvedic treatment. And when you are there in a good clinic, they will give lectures in the evening where you learn the principles of Ayurveda and it's Gorahari, it's like 50 principles. I sometimes note down what I should do. Then I come out into my normal busy day. I look at the list. I look at my day and <laughs> put the list aside because it's just not possible. To... <laughs> yes, I know citron, lemon water with a little pinch of Himalaya salt before you take anything else, you know, and uh, a little yoga before or after you raise, uh, so that you can evacuate immediately, and so on and so forth. And who before this meal, this digestive pill, and after that, after the meal, there is also three mm, dosha balance, you know, which is recommended. And, it's, and sit well he, while you're eating lunch, sit facing north. Sit facing north. There is north. It is all good, but I can't apply it. So what I have um, done in my life, and I do it with good, uh, uh, good application. I take one or two things which I really, which really go, wow, this I really got to do now. And I try to do the one or two things from the 50 things. And I stick with them. And the moment what I do ayurvedically is right after getting up, 
Or when I get up later than before the sun rises, I take uh, Amrit Kailash. If I take this, I will become 350 years old. Achan? Yes. You will see. <laughs> I won't live to see. <laughs> so I, I do this. And by, by doing this, I have learned, for instance, what I learned, sometimes there are things which you can't apply even, although they make so much sense, You can't apply regularly. For instance, in my life, it's exercises. I know the need of exercises when you are beyond 50 years of age. Prabhupada has sometimes told to his disciples, the fat-bellied disciples, they should do some exercise. You know, it saves them a lot of troubles in, in old age. But I just couldn't discipline myself. But I worked And now I'm happy to say, uh, I think exercise is, uh, it took me like four years to work on this, but now it's pretty steady, isn't it, Gokrishna? I'm, I'm always exercising, and Gokrishna is lazy, he does not. <laughs> but he also doesn't need, he's a young man, no need, no need, no need, no need, There's no need, no need, but... So, my point is, isolate things which stuck to you, which, which us, and then see that you bring them into a routine. And the, the, the whole difficulty is to bring something which you know is good into a habit. That's, once you have it as a habit, it's so easy. But therefore, you know, I find this out now, I'm getting a little older, insignificantly a little older, but um, I get older and I now understand, I remember the old stuff, the old philosophy which I learned, but I'm challenging myself uh, uh, to learn something new. I have to also be a learner, continue to to learn new. And I find out my brain doesn't capture so easily new things any longer. It has, it's very good in habitual thinking, you know, what we do out of habit. So the only way to make something new into a habit is you really have to come to a breaking point, you know, where you just force yourself until finally you're through and then you, you have a new habit. It, it's hard work, but uh, it's worth it. And you are only willing to do this hard work to the point that really enthuses you, that really inspires you, that you know, you know, you know, and when you, when you don't do it for one day or two days, you feel like, ah, what a wretch I am. I have to do this now. You know, it must be an inspiring point. Don't try to apply or make something into a habit that is prolonged application of something that doesn't really stuck to you, that is not really inspiring to you. You have to take those who are at these points which inspire you, otherwise you won't be able 
to 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 practice them in this little initial hard phase. Some psychologists have said twenty one days, but it's it's not true. It's it is shown as uh, irrelevant. Thing some things take shorter time before they are habit. Other things take longer time. You can't make a general generalized statement. So that is my answer. Good. We will. Maybe we have to now get a little far. So Vishva, we saw Vishva Prabhu. Namaste Hare Krishna. Sorry if I ask a wrong question. Uh, first of all, I have um, my question is, uh, how important is attire in uh, Krishna's consciousness? For example, wearing a dhoti or a sari, or keeping a shikha, or wearing tilaka. So how important is this? This is my first question. And second question, maybe you have already answered it. Uh, how to be disciplined and uh, be continuous in following uh, Krishna's consciousness or doing japa? I think we will split the question. You do, please, the attire question. Uh, and I do the japa question. <laughs> Is it all right? Hare Krishna. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's interesting that the attire question in recent years became controversial. I think that's just sociologically very interesting. Um, I would say, in a general way, um, because you mentioned also wearing tilak, and I see you're wearing tilak, and going to personal experience, when I was um, receiving formal initiation from Srila Prabhupada, um, the devotee just before me, you, you know, we sort of one at a time would come to Prabhupada, offer obeisance, and uh, he would, typically he would ask, you know, what are the four regular principles? Uh, and, and the devotee would pronounce, and then Prabhupada would say, your name is such and such. So the devotee who came before, was just before me, Hari Jaksha. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He did not have tilakan. And Prabhupada saw that he didn't have tilakan. So he, he said, no tilak. <laughs> <laughs> he had to go put tilakan, then he could come. <laughs> um, now, it could be that he said that because... Uh, Urdhvapundra tilak is one of the five samskaras uh, of uh, initiation, Srila Bhakti and Bhakti Thakur explains. But there's a principle called uh, Vaishnava Chihna, spelled C-I-H-N-A. Uh, this is discussed in some of the shastras, uh, like especially Hari Bhakti Vilasa, that Vaishnavas are recognized uh, by certain 
Chinna can mean ornaments or marks or distinguished yeah, distinguishing marks. So one of them is tilak, one is um, is kanti mala. Devotees say kunti mala. It's not kunti mala. It's kanti mala. This is the kanta. It's not the kunta. Uh, and it's not vaikunta or any of that. It's kan kanti mala. Uh, and uh, there can be other features as well. Uh, the dhoti and so on, and this or the sari. Uh, this is where it's become controversial. Do we really have to wear these? Uh, as as one of my good friend devotees says, do we have to wear these big diapers? Hare <laughs> Krishna. Um, <laughs> There's actually many, many ways to wear dhotis. That's another subject. You could do a whole seminar on it. Um, the principle, though, is... What is the principle? The principle is to please the Lord and the Vaishnavas. And we understand from Śrīla Prabhupāda it's very pleasing uh, to see the devotees dressed in traditional clothes. Part of the controversy is how traditional are these clothes? Uh, you know, uh, we say Vedic. Uh, was it, is it really Vedic? Uh, what, what do we mean by Vedic? Again, that's a whole subject. Uh, but the principle, I think, is what pleases the devotees. In, and this can be in different circumstances. Um, when I first joined the devotees, um, within three days, they had me shaved up and they had me in, in a bright pink, <laughs> bright pink dhoti that didn't, it was, it was this, uh, what do you call it, uh, fake silk that couldn't really fold. So it was, it was kind of all over the place. And they had me on the street <laughs> <laughs> distributing Tsurukzugotheit. <laughs> Yeah, I survived. <laughs> and I was not taken away by the police. <laughs> so it's, it's what's pleasing. And here I think perhaps a slogan from my grandfather uh, can help. Uh, he used to say that, um, eat for yourself and dress for others. My, my grandfather used to wear his full suit and tie during dinner at home. He was fully dressed. Um, I thought that was a bit too much. <laughs> you know, that was his mood. But anyway, that's something to consider. Um, but if if wearing, you know, if it's a question of do I wear this or do I wear that, oh, they expect me to wear this, and I really, really, really don't want to wear this because uh, whatever. And therefore, I won't go to be with the devotees. That would not be a good decision. Uh, you, the, here, the, here, the higher principle is to... Uh, associate with devotees. 
And devotees should also appreciate whatever someone is wearing is a secondary thing, actually. And we should appreciate and encourage everyone to associate with devotees. Um, come, it's another American slogan, come as you are. It means dress however you are comfortable. So that's kind of the opposite of what I just said, dress for others. Uh, but um, it's back to Aristotle. You have to see for yourself <laughs> what is going to work. But also you have to see uh, if we are serious uh, devotees, we want to please Krishna. That means we want to please Guru. What does the Guru want? This is a, something we want. This is a question that we want to cultivate. What is pleasing to to Guru, Vaishnavas, and Krishna. And yeah, you may find after some time that wearing dhoti and such, dhoti kurta, I can't stand kurtas myself. Uh, I never wear kurtas. I think it's not Vedic, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but uh, and dhoti is, uh, it's actually kind of, it's nice. It can be very nice. Makes you feel more more spiritual to you know do things like chanting Hare Krishna and so on. So you can also think of it that way. If you are going to do your morning um, devotions, let's say uh, before your home altar, if you dress yourself nicely in devotional clothes, you'll feel that that'll help you to be uh, focused and be in uh, your, I think Satchinandan Swami speaks a lot about, about your, your spiritual space. Uh, get into your spiritual space, right? Spiritual space. Sacred space, yeah. Okay. Comment. <laughs> If it, yeah, if it's yeah. <clears throat> I had experience. Uh, it was a time I had a um, service to go to the um, schools and high schools and and have preaching program. And uh, I and I went with the tilak and sorry and like this. But somehow, somehow I don't know. It came to me that how how it will be if I go with the usual clothes, mm -hmm. and uh, they can more relate, because I thought that you're just seeing like a, you know, something mm -hmm. unusual, something very, uh, un yeah. And then I asked one question, <laughs> I remember one from the book, yeah. shall I go with the unusual? And after that I went, the questions and relation, you know, they could relate more. Mm -hmm. When I came with this, they just like this, you know, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. But when, when I came with usual clothes, it, 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 I went, uh, I, I felt that it, uh, my work and my service was more appreciated. Mm -hmm. And many, many, many people could take books and relate and wanted to have a connection and ask, you know, so, this is something yes. depends on the times and the yes. circumstances. Thank you, thank you. Yes, and Srila Prabhupada appreciated this too. And therefore, uh, when it came specifically to preaching, 
in public book distribution, he said, yes, plain, you know, your Western clothes, whatever. Uh, Prabhupada said, basically, whatever works. <laughs> whatever works, whatever is best. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, I would like to just briefly answer you the second part of your questions about 16 rounds, I think. Is, do I get you right? Uh, no, uh, I was asking like how to stay disciplined and continuous in... Uh, how to stay disciplined, disciplined and continuous in uh, practicing devotion to Krishna. Aha. This, uh, maybe you have already answered uh, regarding your... Uh, Making it a habit. Yeah, yeah. exercise. Okay, yeah. fine. Then we can... Thank you, uh, Vishwa. Thank you for your wonderful question. And then we go to Chirak. Yes. My question is, both of you, uh, I wanted to ask, uh, most of the times our happiness is dependent upon others, like how they kind of behave with us, and, and, and how do we believe that it's not going to happen at every time? How do we believe that only Krishna can make us happy? And we can be happy not only in Krishna consciousness. Or, and once sometimes we are alone, we feel alone, and how do we believe that, no, we are not alone, we are with Krishna always. How do we actually believe that? And <laughs> yeah, this has to do with the question of of faith. There are different levels of faith according to um, was it? It's it's described in um, in the Patanjali Sutras. There's one commentator ancient commentator who speaks about different degrees of faith. The first type of faith is Lokika Shraddha, where we believe in the things of the world, people of the world, you know, friends, society, and so on, that they can help us. But then there is transcendental Shraddha, Alokika Shraddha, which is, we believe in in Krishna more than the friends, the society, and so on and so forth. And to, to come to this transcendental faith is only possible if you purify your heart. The word Shraddha, um, uh, which we translate as faith, is composed of two syllables, Shra and Da, and Shra can also mean heart. So according to your how your how you think in your heart, you have faith in various uh, things. Um, you know, a person in Tamagun thinks if I drink, this is a solution to problems. <laughs> a person in Rajagun thinks if I work hard and uh, establish myself in the society with a good income and so on, that's the solution. Uh, a person in Sattva Gun remain uh, believes something else, and a person in, uh, in a devotee believes uh, uh, that if I'm with Krishna, this is the purpose of life. You have to see the energy can go in many ways. Let's just isolate three. It can go into the body, and then you build. Then you build 
then you are then the happiness is bodily happiness, which means the happiness of the senses. It can go a little bit higher. Then you believe in in following a purpose, a dharma, something which is describing uh, the meaning of your life. A person who works on the platform of dharma or the meaning of the life, he will be able to control the senses because he has an entirely different value set and another uh, and another a totally different satisfaction. And then there are devotees. Uh, they don't really have too much uh, into the senses, although they like pasharam. Um, they are... <laughs> The ventil, you know, where, where, uh, they are not really only concerned about dharma, uh, you know, and their, their purpose in this life. They they think it would be nice if I find and be my dharma, be active according to my dharma. But their real purpose is, oh, I want to come closer to Krishna in this life, and and that. Happens this this desire, this conviction, this feeling satisfied on that level comes when your heart is purified from from other influences. So keep on keep on chanting. I want to read uh, because I just got this out for all of you. A quotation I found. Even when you are walking, you can softly chant Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. This is, of course, the voice of Prabhupada. Or even when you are on the bus going somewhere, you can chant. When you are working with your hands, you can chant. And when you are resting or going to take rest, you can chant. Even in your toilet room, while taking bath, you can chant. In this way, there is no limitation or restriction for chanting this holy name of God Krishna and his energy, Hara. In doing this business, there is no loss, but the oops, sorry, there is no loss, but there is very great gain, which is transcendental realization. Chirag uh, and all the others who listen to this. Uh, to purify the heart and upgrade your life, you know, to the better version. Um, to purify the heart is just try to stick to one thing. Just try to to chant Hare Krishna on the bus, where else, when you're going somewhere, etc. Just try to make it a habit. And I can give you a good link. Uh, I mean, I don't know the link, but Radha Desh Mellows. First class quality, Kirtan. I mean, so nicely recorded. You can hear it on your earphones when you go into your classroom in the university. You go with a, a spring in your step, you know. Um, and um, you uh, go... Uh, just, just make this a habit until finally you, you, you sing everywhere. <laughs> you, you're a singing member. Sing, sing. This is the easiest to purify the heart, and then you will see how your shraddha will really come totally in, to Krishna. It will 
rise from the uh, lower objects of shraddha. So uh, this will be the way to keep our bhakti ever refreshing, right? Ever refreshing, yes, yes. And always giving new nourishment to the bhakti. It will protect the bhakti also from... And will, it will upgrade your intelligence also, your buddhi. You will see it more clearly. So, it, uh, looking now at the time, there was someone else, Prasida Nitai. Can we do... Oh, it's, it's, oh, also, Mataji's are still there. Oh... I can. I heard a few rumbles of hungry stomachs. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's now. Uh, you know, some of us are up since four o'clock, and we are really in an existential crisis, or at least approaching it. So I feel, in the name of compassion, <laughs> you know, we have to see. Uh, and, and you can catch one of us, you know, of course, you may also be hungry. Yeah, <laughs> in the starting position. <laughs> so, pray to Krishna or ask other devotees. There are so many advanced devotees here. So many advanced devotees. You please ask them. Uh, just go, Hari will give us a short orientation because. We have changed the schedule a little bit, so it's important that you listen now with full attention. Here is your microphone. But thank you very much, every one of you. Uh, thank, it was nice questions, and you remained attentive also. You did not <laughs> go out or go to the, your mobile uh, telephone applications, WhatsApp. If this would be in China, everybody would be in their mobile phones since the last hour. Yeah, this yeah. is this is the Chinese way that everybody is absorbed, distracted. <laughs> so there's also a lot to do in all this in China. I think that's it. <laughs> Good. Yeah, he is going to hide. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.